0: Welcome to the One Meal, One Workout podcast, your new approach to food and fitness, brought to you by Element Opie Productions, Elementopie.com. And now, here are your hosts,
1: Aaron Butler, Don Sullivan,
0: and Mark Cockwell.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to One Meal, One Workout, episode number 40, Picky Eaters with Laura Field. We're going to discuss, picky eaters, how to form good eating habits with your kids, whether they're nine months old or nine years old how to maybe uh, get the whole family involved, all kinds of great questions. Uh, but before we do that, I'm just going to do a quick little intro here. I've got with me, as always, my two cohorts in crime, my fellow fat guys, former and otherwise. Uh, that just rhymed. I can't believe it, it was a total accident. <laughs> Mark Cockrell and Don Sullivan. Say hello, gentlemen. Hello, Greetings. gentlemen. Awesome. So, Sorry, Don. Uh,
0: I missed the cue there. I, I you totally left I me in the that. dust.
1: So, Mark, what's been going on with you?
0: Well uh just had a, one of those delightfully pleasant surprises that happens when you when you start losing weight. Um in fact I I'll tell my story and a friend's story real quick. My friend uh was telling me that she's recently lost a whole lot of weight. She said I was out in the hot sun today and it didn't bother me for the first time ever. You know, <laughs> and that's that is something to notice. But uh last week was spring break for my kids and and because I work for school is for uh, my spring break as well. And one of the many things that we did was we went to the zoo. And it's a zoo I know you're familiar with there, in the Tyler uh, Caldwell Zoo in Tyler, Texas. Absolutely. And uh, the main entrance of that zoo <clears throat> is uh, there are about eight or nine flights of of about ten steps each, uh, large uh, brick steps that go down a rather steep hill. And there's also a wheelchair ramp there, obviously. And in years in the past, I've always opted for the ramp because knee uh, uh, stairs hurt my knees and they're unpleasant and 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 it's no fun. Well. Without even thinking about it this time, I went down the steps to go in. And again, without thinking about it, I went up the steps to come out. And the only, the only reason this really came to my mind was I, when I got to the top of the steps, I had to turn around and wait for the rest of my family to catch up with me. And that has <laughs> never happened in my life.
1: Very awesome. That is fantastic. Yeah, You, you talk about the heat thing, um, which is funny, too, because last summer um, I was saying, people were saying, man, it's like it's not that hot. They're like, no, and it's hot. It's like 99 degrees outside. It's not It's not that hot. It's not, it doesn't feel like 99. It feels like 85 because I've taken my blubber parka off <laughs> that I'd worn for all those years. But, yeah, Mark, that's awesome, man, stepping at the zoo. I thought you'd used a, a pedometer or something was going to tell us you did 14,000 steps at the zoo. But, no, that was an even better story. Uh, yeah, yeah, the Caldwell Zoo used to be free. Right. Then it was extremely awesome. Now it's just awesome. <laughs> it's a great zoo for a small town that size. I mean, for – city of 100,000 people to have a zoo like Caldwell Zoo, it's really, really nice. So, Don, uh, did you get a bicycle?
2: I got a... Well, no, I actually did not. I pulled... I rescued from the shed at my parents' house this ancient bicycle. It's from, like, 1985. It's almost as old as I am. And it's great. It doesn't have road wheels on it. It has mountain bike wheels because the last time I rode it, I was mountain biking with my cousin in high school. (laughs) this is like 15 years ago it still works so hey i went riding on it yesterday it was awesome and conveniently enough we realized that my wife is going to need the car tomorrow and we've been a one car family for a while my work's only about three miles from here so i'm going to ride it to work tomorrow
1: and i'll tell you how it goes yeah i've considered riding my bike to work it's 16 miles to work um and i have to cross an interstate and two five lane roads so I've, i've decided not to do that so far I keep saying I'm going to do it one day, but
2: I believe well, guys, this is I a wise a, decision. Do it, it on a Sunday get... morning. Do it on Sunday morning at, at 8 a.m. Yeah. Maybe um, you won't die.
1: It won't help me for work, though, but uh, well, that's true. But you can still you ride guys, to work. doesn't necessarily mean you have to, to go there
2: confession. and work. What'd you say, Don? I said you can ride to work. It doesn't necessarily mean you have to go there and work. You can just ride right. to work. <laughs> Thank
1: you. <sighs> um, I have a confession to make to you two guys and the internet, and, and it, I have a problem, and it's a, a sushi problem. I've come to love sushi. Yeah. And so in in one week I had sushi for lunch twice and dinner twice. And it wouldn't be so bad, but it's still such a novelty to me that I always want to eat too much of it because it's so good and I like trying all the different kinds of things and there's all kinds of fancy, wonderful drunken tigers and volcano mm-hmm. rolls and and the only good sushi roll.
0: is the super fatty fish right the fatty salmon and that fatty belly of the tuna so yeah it's like you take something good but the worst part of it
1: well and you know and there's so much rice and it's white rice and it's you know it's pretty high glycemic index type stuff from what i understand so it's not horrible for you i mean it's 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 not it's not like i'm eating cheeseburgers and it's and to be honest with you the 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 honeymoon will wear off i'm sure and i won't want it um, every day, but uh, element nine seven eight. I'm not sure who you are. If you do forward slash Nick space and type a name, it'll switch it for you. But um, they say all three of their kids love sushi. Well, luckily Nathaniel's not crazy about it yet. He's tried it a couple of times, um, but uh, I'm I'm a sushi addict. I admit it. I love sushi. It's good.
2: Hey, not yeah. not all of the fish has to be fatty. You can get the shrimp tempura. It's not fatty fish. Yeah, but it's, it's just deep fried. It's
1: yeah, well, I, I, tr- I don't actually, I prefer the not fried ones. So I actually like a regular non fried roll and I like, I like the avocado roll, uh, with some spicy tuna on top of it or, yeah, uh, I, I could talk about it for hours, but I'm not going to, uh, because of the fact that it's so good. In fact, I was talking to a friend last night. I was telling him about how much I love sushi now when I was driving home from work and I was literally talking myself into star- starving. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like, I have to quit talking about this now because I'm going to eat the entire house when I get home. So uh, I just finally stopped. <clears throat> so um, I've been I've been running again. You know, recently I got my my knee rehabbed mostly to the point that I can run, and I'm finding again that running is such a mind game. You know, I ran three miles for the first time the other day. I probably could have done it a year ago. Uh, Monday night I ran two miles straight through, but it was out at the trails at Kennesaw Mountain and it was down a big hill through a creek and back up a big hill I and mean, it's pretty challenging terrain. And, uh, and it was funny, I came back and I was doing some, some setting up for the show and I found this article on Runner's World about, about that very thing. It's called Mind Games. The article is, and it's, the subtitle is, try these simple tips for tricking your body into dropping pounds. And it's, um, It's just little things like control the candy dish, and they did a study about um, how many candies a secretary ate if an open bowl was right near them versus a covered bowl uh, two meters away. And don't multitask. And it's just some simple little things to help you uh, kind of win the mind game about eating because so much of it is for especially if you're an overweight person automatic eating. You're on autopilot. You're not even thinking about it. You're grazing. You're making, you're making habitual bad choices. And it's just got five simple little suggestions about some things that you can do to, uh, to help that. So that's the article from runnersworld.com. And I'll put the link in the show notes um, so you'll be able to get in there and, and get that. I'm going to go ahead and drop the link in the show notes for the chat room for those guys that are hanging in there and listening to this. All right. So, Don, Mark, anything else before you get Laura on the phone?
0: Well, I just want to make a quick plug for that chat room. We record this show. uh We stream it live every week at uh 5.30 p.m. Central Time, 6.30 Eastern. There is a chat room where you can ask our guests, and we're pleased this week to have people there and, and looking forward to some of their commentary.
1: Yep. Exciting. I, it becomes so much more interactive whenever the guests that are listening can jump in with questions. Um, the, the, the audience, for lack of a better word. I guess that, that, that is the perfect word. Why do I need a better word? The audience can ask questions because they have different perspectives other than three guys, you know, um, that that we may not think to ask. That's the thing I'm always wanting is the questions that I can't think to ask, which brings us to one more thing before we get Laura on the phone, which is show topics. Feel free to go in the forums, email me, double A-A-A-R-O-N at one meal, one workout, dot com with the show topic, Facebook OneMealOneWorkout.com. With the show topic, Twitter OneMealOneWorkout.com. With the show topic, and I will find an expert. I will do the research myself, and we will cover that topic on the show. And you can jump in that chat room that Mark just mentioned about, it, and you can interact with us as we discuss it. All right, and now bringing to you live for the third time, the only person ever to be on One Meal and Workout three times besides Don, Aaron, and Mark, Miss Laura Fields. She is a a pediatric dietitian, among other things, she has an organization called Feed Kids that helps people uh, teach their kids to form early eating decisions so that they learn to, to eat the right foods and good foods for them at a young age. She does all kinds of other stuff with in-home meal preparation, uh, and she speaks about celiac disease and gluten-free diet, and she's been gracious enough to be on our show twice before. Uh, Laura, thank you so much for coming back and, and putting up with My the pleasure. technical issues we had.
3: My so, pleasure.
1: We have, uh, between us, we have five kids here, the three hosts, and we have lots of friends with lots of kids, and my son, I, I'm blessed that I have a son who likes to eat everything most of the time, but even he, at times, will turn his nose up at something, and uh, so kind of our two big topics for tonight are picky eaters, and then if we have time, we can talk about some food allergies again, so um, since, we, since we're running a little late, I know we've got some people out there listening to the live stream, watching the live stream. I'd love to go ahead and just kind of start talking. If you're watching the live stream over on the right hand side, there's a button that says uh, thing that says "Join Chat Room" and up at the t- it has like Element Four Five Nine One, some kind of random number. You can put your name in there and hit Join, and then you can ask questions of Laura as we're going along, or just chime in with uh, barbing um, uh, commentary to anything I might happen to say that's stupid or whatever. It, feel free to jump in. So, um, without without further babbling, so. Laura, obviously one of the things that you deal with all the time is is people tr- People come to you and they say, Laura, my kid doesn't want to eat anything but popsicles and hot dogs. I'm mm-hmm. sure you hear that kind of, or my kid only likes chocolate milk. And so right. when does that actually start? Is that something that's, that is, you, you know, your organization is called forming early eating decisions. Is that something that happens really early? And if we've kind of missed right. the boat on it, we have to backtrack or is it... Right. Is it just kids go through cycles of it? Because it kind of seems cyclic to me. I don't know, but I'm not an expert. So tell us all about it there.
3: Well, my business, I I call it FEED, which stands, as you mentioned, forming early eating decisions. And I found that in my nutrition practice, when I educate clients, a lot of times um, new, you know, the beginnings of um, eating decisions happen in our infancy. So it's kind of, you know, when parents are starting to feed their kids in solid foods as, as young as, you know, between nine and 12 months, that kind of actually starts the formation of what they're going to eat in their future. So, it's really important to, those are like crucial times that I feel um, parents can make big a big impact. I always kind of joke that, you know, the foundation of our eating are jarred foods. And a lot of those foods are, you know, squash, sweet potatoes, peas. And then, you know, once they start eating later in life, like, you know, three, four, five, where has the squash gone? Are are there any, you know, are there any sweet potatoes in their diet? And so parents think that it's important in the beginning and then they kind of forget. So I I think it's really key to um, start in infancy and then keep those those habits in, in as they as they age
1: but Laura you're asking the parents to eat squash and then and and, <laughs> and, and, that's, the, <laughs> and exactly. that's where the problem gets into
3: well yeah. I, you know I think that parents want that want their kids to change need to change as well and it's really crucial for parents to understand if they they have to eat better to get their kids to eat better. So, you know, I think picky eating really starts in the beginning. And a lot of times, they parents might feel that their kids' eating habits are, or they're picky, but it might be that they haven't developed teeth yet, for instance, or, you know, that they're like teething and they're in pain. And parents kind of say instead they decide that their child doesn't like that. Um, the food anymore. And so it's really kind of parents need to be mindful of what's going on with their child at that time and not necessarily um, pin certain behaviors on pickiness.
1: Right. So you got to make sure what's, what's picky and what is some other outside exacerbating factor and make sure that you don't, I guess, give up on those healthy foods for whatever reason because they are teething or they're sick or, or whatever it might be. Don, I think, I suspect you might have a question, Don. Indeed. Yes,
2: I was. Well, I was going to comment. This is a very interesting conversation for me because my daughter is nine months old mm-hmm. and w- my wife and I had the conversation Monday night. She doesn't like the food. No, she's teething. She's cutting an eye tooth right now and she's very upset. Mm-hmm. And she was whining before we even put her at the dinner table. But we still ended up catering to her and giving her yogurt just so she didn't <laughs> have to chew so much.
3: So that's But we the understood
2: thing. that it wasn't that she didn't like the food, even though it was a new food. It's that mm-hmm. she's in pain.
3: Right, right, and I think that that you know, up until you know they get their two-year molars, there's a lot of teething going on, and parents very um, many times just there's not just um, not just the teething habits, but there could be other things. They're tired. They're you know they're not. Um, there's a lot of. They might be full from formula or breast milk. There's a lot of different reasons that. Um, they can uh, you know not want food and, and it's not necessarily that they don't like
1: it yeah the the thing I noticed too, you know, Nathaniel drank um white milk. My son's Nathaniel. you may remember him from the previous episodes because I'm sure every time we've been on together, he's come in the room because uh, he does that almost every podcast he He drank all only white milk, and we we never let him have chocolate milk. For a long time, until one day, for whatever reason, he ended up having chocolate milk. And what do you know? He only wanted chocolate milk after that. <laughs>
3: Typical. <laughs> I, don't know, right?
1: I don't know why the sugar, maybe. But now, just recently, he's actually circled back around and has decided he likes white milk again, which we're, you know, would prefer of the two, obviously. Um, do you? If if let's just go straight to the to the to what's probably the big issue. Then um, we've got. Lots of parents out there who aren't like Don, don't have a nine-month-old. They've got a two- or a three- or a four-year-old, and they didn't get to hear Laura Fields tell them, wait, don't forget to keep feeding them the healthy food. And so they've already, uh, you know, they've formed, they FBED, formed bad eating decisions. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so now they've got to do, you know, reparation, try to do some remediation. What, can you give us some steps that... That if you were meeting with me and my wife and my son individually and he was a picky eater and you were going to try to walk us through a path of uh, resolving that, what would you say? What kind of, what do you say to that parent that says my kid only eats macaroni and cheese, period?
3: Right. Well, I think what's really important is to start introducing new foods into the food that they um, currently are eating. So... You know, if it's mac and cheese, for instance, uh, a lot of time I, I try to suggest a um, a food that's kind of easy to transition into it. Like, and you might find this odd, but cauliflower, actually, like steamed cauliflower is soft. It's white. It can easily be mixed into mac and cheese, you know, um, things that don't look so weird can be and <laughs> and. Um, um, the flavors can be masked by the foods that they currently like. That's a really easy way to start incorporating new foods. Um, I I want to um, mention like there's a book that Jessica Seinfeld brought um, that she wrote called Deceptively Delicious. And I'm not, um, her principles are that, you know, if you puree a, sweet potato, squash, um, cauliflower. You can mix them into things and it's, you know, deceptive because you're hiding them. I don't necessarily suggest hiding things for sure, but in the future I think it is a good, you know, in the future you could present them and actually tell them what they're eating. But for <laughs> currently I think it's a good thing cuz when they don't realize it's there, sometimes it's better, it's better accepted.
0: Well, Laura, I'd like to I'd like to flip that question around and say, how do I get myself to like vegetables? I don't. You know, I'm 40 years old and I grew up on junk food and and fried southern uh, catfish and chicken. Um, how can I make myself eat
1: broccoli?
3: Um, there's a time that that's <laughs> a very mix it nice. in
1: your macaroni and cheese,
3: Mark. <laughs> well, yes, I I, I can't
0: think, hide it from myself.
3: Right, I think Barbie that- can do it. There's a time in in life that when in, in that I I don't know what um, motivates people. A lot of times it's for different reasons, but I think we have to grab hold of the theory, the the principle that we know it's good for us and it's important to eat it and. Um, you, you, it's kind of, um, you know, you know that it, there's, there's some foods that are not good eating decisions and are, are going to lead to obesity, overweight, and uh, um, tons of medical problems. And I think, um, trying to just embrace that, you know, that it's good for you kind of theory because you're motivated for your kids is huge. So, you know, different preparations of things, whether it be raw versus steamed versus grilled, um, you know, I think that changes the taste of different foods, right? Mm-hmm. And so I know it's not your, you know, it's definitely not French fries, but you know that it's helping your body. And I think somehow embracing that is is where we as a population have to get to understand that, um, you know, our... Where obesity is a big crisis, and I love to help fight it.
0: So what you're saying, if I can paraphrase you in my uh, <laughs> blunt style, is get over the concept of recreational eating and just yeah. accept that that's a thing of the past.
3: Yes, most definitely. I think that we're eating a load of, of, of junk, and we have to really just like grab hold of ourselves and say, stop, you know? I think there's a lot of temptations that we, in the media and the, you know, commercials and a lot of people feel that it's cheap and easy and accessible so we should eat it, but really it's it's killing us.
1: Well, you know, Mark, and one thing she said was, I found to be very true for myself and that is um, the way you prepare the foods. So for me, for example, asparagus, my wife used to kind of boil it or whatever you do to asparagus and it was just oh it was like slimy, nasty. But now we grill it and mm-hmm. it's really good. It's crunchy, a little crunchy. It's got some flavor to it. It doesn't taste all you know, snail like. Uh, and and I love it. Now I love grilled asparagus. And so if you if we don't cook it we're not like grilling out and, and have the grill lit up, then we also um we'll just we'll put them on the what is it what's it called? The broiler you know right. put them in the oven uh-huh. so it's like grilling them in the oven type thing
0: yeah rolling, a is just an upside down grill
1: exactly put oh, a little, a little. Ol- touch of olive oil on them and some gar- garlic maybe and some pepper i don't know what she does she just she she shakes magic on them and it tastes great and so uh that's one of the things that i've learned to love we actually had asparagus not not today but last night with dinner man i just i, I loved it
2: aaron i'm not going to ask how you know what snails
1: taste like <laughs> okay don't okay good <laughs> we have a we so, have a question in the chat room uh Laura, that says, what's the skinny quotes on milk products? And the doctor says 1%, one percent. what should they be on? What Do you recommend skim, 1%, 2%, whole milk?
3: Oh, well, so there's a, there was a new… Silk,
1: milk. almond milk, soy milk, right. no milk,
3: right. that, why, that, <laughs> goat milk. <laughs> you, heard, you heard me sigh. Um, <sighs> so there is a um, new recommendation that actually infants, so after 12 months old, can actually go to skim milk. It's when we have a pretty overweight potential family or child, then that actually the recommendation that previously was to go to whole milk is now obsolete. Now, there's a lot of research that's showing that the they don't need the fat. So in general, I I think it's a little too drastic to say all infants should go to skim milk at 12 months but in general I would say like 2% for sure there's no need for whole milk and then maybe at 18 months go to skim. Um, that with the exception there is that um, Kids that are failing to thrive or not gaining weight so well—that's mm-hmm. important to make sure that they still have whole or you know more fortified foods. I'm not against fat, and please understand that fat is important. But there's a lot of excess fats that we potentially can limit in our kids to make sure that they're healthy.
1: Right, Don, you had a question. Yes, I was going to
2: ask Laura, what do you? Um, we were talking about transitioning kids and sometimes adults, Mark. Uh, into healthier foods. Do you ever, uh, and I know this probably is is a situationally dependent thing, you know, because some, some kids are going to take to it better than others, but have you ever had to break down and just tell a family, you know, take that packet of cheese from the mac and cheese and just throw it on some broccoli until you can't see it instead, just so that they are eating broccoli and then yeah. kind of like phase in from there? You, I
3: mean, yeah, most definitely. I think, I don't know necessarily if I'd say the mac and cheese packet, but I'd say the. <laughs> The real cheese, like cheddar cheese, or I think cheese really actually is a great thing to use to not mask flavors, but give it some taste, you know, to, I'm not, I can't tell you that I'm, you know, I'm not promoting everyone eat raw asparagus all the time. I am encouraging (laughs) to, to try new things and to try to really, you know, take a step back and think how important these nutrients that are in veggies and fiber and all this, these great beneficial properties of fruits and vegetables and our kids need them. So how, you know, we were talking about chocolate milk versus white milk and there's some research that shows the benefits of um, the milk outweigh the, you know, we, we take, um, sorry, the benefits of having the milk outweigh the risks of having the added sugars. and. Um, you know. I kind of go back and forth with it because I don't want the kids to have added sugar, but I do think that there's some beneficial properties of calcium and vitamin D for milk. We lost, I digressed from the question also about milk is that um, I'm not so pro cow's milk, also only. I think that there's a lot of indication for kids to need um, alternative options. And I do think trying different milks, and, you know, almond milk is actually one of my favorites, that like almond milk that has some good protein and some fortification of um, calcium and vitamin D and um, it's a little bit better than some other substitutes like rice milk, for instance, it has a little bit lower um, protein and, you know, less fat and stuff. So, there's just a, a lot out, out there and I think variety is really important.
1: Well, I love having the uh, the the live stream interaction, we actually got a thanks, Laura, from the chat room for answering <laughs> the, the milk question, so that's cool. Sure. My pleasure. Um, what about, um, what about uh, the whole thing of, obviously, you mentioned almond milk. Um, do you see a lot of people with the soy, um, with soy allergies, and I, I know we don't want to get into the whole food allergy thing, but is soy milk another option? Um, versus sure. almond milk. Most that definitely would recommend as long as it's fortified with vitamin D and all that kind of stuff.
3: Yeah. I mean, fortification is really key. I mean, there's, I think soy is kind of a hot topic and soy um, foods. There's a question about the phytoestrogens or the like estrogen like properties that soy exhibit that um, may be not the best idea to. Give right. boys um there's a lot of research with soy and estrogen like properties for postmenopausal women, and it really ha- helps with hot flashes so there's soy is um something that needs to be i I think personally there's um, not enough evidence that says it is um, bad for kids you know um so I, I guess I try to use a conservative approach that says. Right one thing is not the best thing and trying to have a right, if there are some allergies, then trying to have not just almond milk all the time, but maybe try, you know, hemp milk is another, it's made from the hemp plant. Um, it has actually, such a thing. yeah, hemp, It's there's a brand called Living Harvest Tempt that is really well fortified. That's um, illegal in the South, isn't it? <laughs> no, not necessarily. There's no THC, no and it is um, a safe, uh, food to consume for, especially for kids as well. Wow, uh, that's cool. I think, you know, just rotating these milk products would be my first choice.
1: The, uh, you know, my favorite way to eat soy is as edamame before I eat my sushi. But... uh <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, Which is
3: great, so great, my great for kids too. I mean, it's a great finger food. My, you know, I th- I try to encourage it. I just my point about soy is that not having so much soy right. in every meal would be my first choice. And, and I'm I'm guessing
1: you're probably a person that recommends moderation in all things in in the in the food world.
3: Most um, definitely. Everyone's always rolling their eyes. <laughs>
1: yeah. They don't want to eat 60. You don't want to drink 32 ounces of milk five times a day as a two year old, right. you know.
3: Right, exactly. And milk is a big thing about picky eating, too, that, you know, if you're full on milk, well, you might not want to eat foods. And so, right. a lot of that's another thing with this whole picky eating that, you know, if your kids are full, then they're not going to want to eat. And you might think that it's because they're, They don't like the taste, but it actually is that they're they're just their bellies are full.
1: Right. So, do you recommend? Do you have any kind of recommendations? You do like something we've done for a long time with Nathaniel is we usually won't even give him something to drink necessarily right when he sits down for dinner until he asks for something, and then we'll get him something. And we'll usually give him just you know two inches in his glass. Yep. And if he drinks that, then we use the you need to eat some more of your dinner before you have,
3: right?
1: You know more. Is that something you are a big proponent of?
3: Most definitely. And especially when you're, we're talking about starting solid foods with infants that I would suggest not having the breast milk or formula offered first. Like you don't want to give a huge eight ounce bottle and then try to offer a new food because likely they're not going to want to eat it. So it's right. the same thing with older kids and milk consumption. you know, You don't want to fill their bellies because they're not going to want to eat foods later. Um, so I do think, you know, limiting to like four ounces about a, a, a meal would be good. And trying to offer it at the end of the meal would be a great, great tip. Now,
1: um, go ahead. What are you going to say something else? I, I have no. a question. Okay, Mark. Um, my, uh, seven year old. You didn't do the, I have a question dance like Don does. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I'll work on that.
0: Um, my seven year old is at that phase where everything That isn't macaroni and cheese or chicken nuggets is I don't like that whether she's tried it or not. I mean, every kid goes through that, right? We're Mm -hmm. having um, chocolate dipped marshmallow bunnies. I don't like that. You know, it doesn't matter what it is. She doesn't like it. Uh, Do you have any tips for getting past that? Of course, being the, you know, the, the grumpy dad that I am, it's like, fine, go to your room. You're not eating. That's okay. my response to it. But <laughs> what is the clinically uh, uh, sound response to it?
3: That. You you nailed it on the head, actually. I think um, you, we parents, have we have to be um, the dictator, honestly, you, you know, and say um, this is what you're eating and, and that's it. And not bent because the more we become like a short order cook, the more that they realize how they can get to us. And so if you keep... Um, offering an alternative, they're gonna, you know, they don't care. So just try to, um, stay true to what, you know, and what you think that you should be feeding them and just say, no, I'm, you know, I'm sorry. And you don't have to eat then, you know, because really the, a lot of parents worry when their ch- kids are underweight. And when I suggest that, but honestly, that's the best way to curb these ch- to make changes.
1: It's, you know, I grew up, my parents are from Mississippi, both grew up very poor. Uh, we, and they weren't poor when I was a kid. Uh, they, you know, my dad had done very well, but we still, we ate out very seldom and there was no bartering or discussion. (laughs) What mom fixed for dinner was what was for dinner and everybody (laughs) ate what was for dinner. And that was just kind of the old school mentality. And, She tried to cook things we all liked. I mean, she wasn't like, Aaron, you're going to eat chicken liver and you're going to like it. I mean, it wasn't (laughs) like that, but there was no mom. I don't want this dinner. Can I have a, a, you know, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich instead? Right. And it can be tough sometimes. You know, Nathaniel, my son is, uh, how shall I say this? Very strong willed (laughs) and very forthcoming with his opinion about everything, but it's, it's been an ongoing process. And I think we've been successful simply for the most part, simply because we've tried really hard to toe that line. And it's, it's not always easy. He's gone to bed a couple of times without eating. Um, well, and, still survived. I
3: mean, and I, I didn't, I don't know if I've mentioned this before, you know, but I'm a dietitian, but I'm also a mom and I have two, two kids, a four year old and a 15 month old. And my, um, you know, my experience as well. And my, practice and with my own family is it the more we draw attention to it or get really, um, you know, upset or frustrated or stressed about it, the more that the kids react. And so if we kind of just say, fine, you don't have to eat. That's okay. Just, you know, move on. That they're very receptive to it. So I think you want to you know, stock your pantry with the correct foods. You know, trying to have a balance on the plate. I really love that new My Plate, um, you know, um, emblem or image that we're trying to encourage. You know, having fruits, veggies, starch, grains, um, meats, and dairy products on on a plate in balanced proportions. Because I really think it's that's what you know, that's what proper balance is. So. Um, just parents need to get rid of the garbage in our house and try to promote good stuff.
1: Yeah, the, uh, it's a lot, it's a lot easier to honestly say we don't have pop tarts than to say you can't have a pop tart <laughs> right. right totally totally <laughs> oh, oh it, it is and because if you know especially once they get up to my son's age and mark's kid's age you know where they can just go in there and look and see if you have the pop tarts, <laughs> right? No,
3: or or when the four-year-old cl- climbs on the counter and says you know i'll get my own whatever i'll get
1: my own so. pop tart exactly i'll get my own darn pop tart mom if you yeah, want get it for me i
0: actually had this conversation with, with, with my wife just very recently uh I, she had gone to the store. Uh, we were having some guests over and she bought like six or eight bags of chips for the party. Um, and when the party was over, we still had a bunch left and like four days later we didn't. And, uh, and I said, we, we need to not have those because mm-hmm. when we have them, they are consumed immediately. Those need to be specialty things and not staples. Mm-hmm. And I, I think a lot of parents make that mistake. They, they treat things as staples that should be treats.
3: Most definitely. Most definitely. Um, You know, (laughs) excuse me. Parties also, like I think a lot of times people, you know, feel that like the party, the special occasion, we should eat garbage. And, you know, I think and, you know, it's totally... Um, it's a great opportunity to promote good health and to try a new great recipe and to make a, you know, a big, instead of having chips, having a big like crudité of, you know, tons of different veggies and making kind of cool different dips to have. You know, with them, and yeah, um, I'm sorry, I'm
0: not hosting a, a Super Bowl party and offering them only celery sticks. I'm just not doing no not
3: only celery sticks. But having, uh, you know, but having a a good offering, you know, at the same at Super All Bowl right. is one occasion per year. But I think in the remainder of the party is trying to really have some, you know, healthy options out there as well.
1: Yeah, and uh, April in the chat room just wanted to confirm that it is okay to tell them, "Fine, you don't have to eat, and send them to bed, and they won't starve."
3: Yes, most definitely. I would encourage it actually. I think trying go, to
1: April.
3: trying to um not be a short order cook is really a, a, a huge a very important lesson.
0: Well, that brings up the question of the 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 uh accepted American tradition of three meals a day spaced 4 hours apart. Mm-hmm. It, is that something we need to be holding on to and teaching our children or should it be more of a Um, eat when you're hungry, don't eat when you're not. I I mean, I've said to my kids a number of times, it's lunchtime, stop playing in the yard, running around, come in and eat. And now that I think about that, that sounds a little backwards.
3: Mm -hmm. Well, I'm kind of conflicted because I think, you know, yes, I think three meals a day and one or two snacks would be, is a healthy balance and a a reasonable, um, depending on the age of the um, child, I think a reasonable expectation. Um, I think, you you know, meals are important and I don't want to discount them, but, um, I think, you know, yes, they should, you know, stop what they're doing and come eat because, the, the skipping meals is not encouraged as well, right? Um So, but I think really not having frequent snacking is part of the problem. You know, a lot of our kids and a lot of parents are ra- their kids are raised to believe that they need to snack all the time, and these extra snacks, especially kind of these empty calorie snacks, are not beneficial to anyone's health.
2: Yeah, I have a perfect example of that. Sorry, Aaron. we both that's started. Right. The
1: same time. Go ahead, Don.
2: Um, Yeah, I have a perfect example of that. I'm going to cut you off in a second. Uh, That whenever I was growing up, my mom always ate a bowl of cereal at night before she went to bed. Now, this woman um, works clean houses all day and then doesn't eat her first meal until 7 p.m. for the day. So, obviously, she's not the model for eating, but um, she's also like 110 pounds. So, (laughs) I didn't know the difference. And she always ate a cup of cereal at night before she went to bed, like 8 p.m., 9 p.m., somewhere in there. And I grew up doing the same thing. I did that for years and years and years, and it wasn't until I got out on my own and I was like, "I'm not even hungry. Why am I eating a bowl of cereal?" <laughs> and I realized it was just a habit that that I'd grown up with right. you know? and I think it, I think a lot of it is that that you build those habits and you kind of learn to be hungry at those times. Uh, mm-hmm. It did take some effort for me to not eat a bowl of cereal every night or mm-hmm. you know have some kind of there was always something snacky. We didn't have mm-hmm. dessert. We had like, it was almost like a half meal, but it was sweet things like cereal mm-hmm. or uh, ke- uh, ice cream or candy bar or something. And it was always late. And it took me a long time to get over that. Don, did she eat it out of a glass I, Um, her cereal? Interestingly enough, I do. Yes. Okay. That's well, a, not that a, seems glass. To be a glass. So th-
0: that seems to be a Southern thing. Cereal glass, at night out of a cup. Glass makes bowl.
2: milk taste funny to me. Okay. So I eat it out of a cup. Yes. Interesting. I'm, I'm weird. Don't, my wife laughs at me about that. All the time. is it weird? The, it's weird until I say, doesn't sweet tea taste better out of styrofoam? And then everyone in the South understands exactly what I'm talking about.
1: <laughs> no, I actually prefer it out of Aaron, glass. Aaron! I prefer sweet tea shocked. out of the glass. I'm I, I'm sorry. I lemonade this lemonade better, out of? I apologize. Okay. Never mind. We'll move on. <laughs>
2: There's something wrong
1: with you people. <laughs> well, the, um, the whole thing about the... Uh, the um what i'm trying to say the whole thing about the late night meal versus the snacking and all that if we don't have them come in and tell me if i'm wrong laura um if we don't have them come in uh and eat that meal that mark was talking about then we end up running the risk of being the short order cook again right because you know we we sit down and we eat dinner because we're adults and we've been programmed for 20 30 40 years to eat at the time that we're supposed to eat but then uh you know, our kids are still running around and then they come in and dinner's cold and I'll just have a sandwich. And then we kind of and then we end up kind of playing those games again. So
3: I think, um, you know, trying to just encourage healthy habits, like sitting around the table with your family and trying to, you know, have a a nice meal together. That's kind of, those are, those days are gone in this generation. A lot of working parents, moms and dads, and it's, it's tough, but, um, trying to encourage that behavior is, is, is beneficial in many ways.
1: Well, um, I don't want to take too much of your time tonight, so I want to bring up one last thing we have here in the show notes. I, 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 those of you out there that don't see the show notes, like we're looking at, um, I had typed up a, a few questions to kind of guide our conversation, and I had said, "What healthy foods has your experience taught you that kids that kids will eat?" And Laura's answer was, "All." will explain. <laughs> so I'm going to hold her to that. We'll explain how they will eat all foods. And so go. <laughs> I,
3: it's kind of you know what I'm explaining. I think um, the premise of starting your kids on a good path. In infancy and not attributing pickiness or distaste to for certain foods um, and being a really good role model is the big the the you know most important advice i can give um i have i think really to be a diverse eater yourself as an adult and then to model for your kids is what in my practice and in my personal experience with my own children it's amazing I mean I my, I have a child that asks for more broccoli and it's that's like it melts my heart you know <laughs> I um, but I think but not just my own kids I think in my practice that you know just being a good role model and trying different recipes. If you're not interested in, you know, as Mark was mentioning before, like if you don't like some, something, try a different recipe, try to add, have some additive to a spice perhaps, or um, something that you enjoy, um, you know, that, that'll help your, your child immensely.
1: Well, I had something last night um, that I can literally, well, I've had tried it one other time in my entire life, and thanks to Don R Sullivan, our dancing member of our telecast here, I had vegan manicotti made with tofu
3: <laughs> and?
1: For, for dinner last night, and uh, and and I had it all, Well, I had it for lunch today. I had leftovers. Um, I, as I said on on Facebook last night, I think it was interesting. Uh, <laughs> it didn't taste like regular manicotti, but it didn't taste bad. It was actually a little sweeter. I don't mm-hmm. know whether that was the sauce my wife used or or what, but um, it wasn't bad. You know, it not It didn't have a ton of ricotta cheese in it, so it was a little better for me. Um, right. I will would probably wouldn't order it in a restaurant, but it wasn't bad at all.
3: Well, so. I think you know, just opening the your your palate and and widening your span of what you think is you know acceptable foods is really important. And um, trying you know trying new things, encouraging our kids to try new things, so we can start getting our kids leaner is my is my my biggest wish
1: yep um, we have a question in the chat room here. Let's see what this one is. This is a good one. We'd love for our son to grow up to be a great international eater. What has your experience been introducing younger children to international foods? and how coo- how soon can they eat spicier things?
3: Sure. so I think, and you know, as soon as they are eating like table foods, so we say so you know, between that nine and twelve month age, you can puree pretty much anything and um <laughs> spices. Spices, as long as the infant doesn't mind it, are totally safe. Um, I actually contributed the foreword to a book um, that is actually newly published or soon to be published. Um, the book is called Parents Need to Eat Too. And, um Debbie Koenig is the author, and it's a just a lot of the themes and the recipes in the book um, intend that you know we should be feeding our kids what are what we are eating, and I think just trying to maybe you know a little less of the spice, but trying it really early on, then they get used to the flavors. That's what you know a lot of breastfeeding moms. Um, that's they get they eat, you know, variety wide variety of foods and then their kids learn those tastes. That's what a lot of the, you know, positive benefits of breastfeeding are because of you're, you're exposing them to those flavors early on. So Great.
1: fantastic. Well, um while I give the people in the chat room uh, a last few seconds to ask any questions they might have. I want to circle back around talking about our show notes, one of the things I had up near the top, but we jumped right into the show so quick that I glossed right over it is um, what's new with you? What's new with feedkids.com? What's going on with your business and the things that you're doing? Just take a moment and share because I think what you do is uh, not only kind of novel, I don't see... I don't see many other people doing specifically what you do, but I also think it's a great service to the community. So just take a minute and
3: sure, thank you. you. Um, so I well, I have a new website, so a new look for feed. Um, my uh, website's um, k I d s dot com, and um, so I was you know worked hard on, on that brand, so I'm excited about it. Um, uh-huh. But also, I've I've been busy with a lot. Of, I I speak in the chicagoland area with a lot of moms groups um you know baby food making classes um just and then individual cons- consultation with families i do skype consults also um just to get some you know get our kids eating better um am I, I think there's there's you know parents really if you put i think it's amazing when they make it a priority
1: so, if somebody had wanted more in depth question, questions, questions, was interesting, interested in securing your services as to, to help them, they could contact you through feedkids.com and maybe do yep. a Skype session or uh, something like that, or fly you down to Atlanta <laughs> from Chicago or fly you to Dallas and
3: <laughs> most definitely
1: and, uh, and, uh, have you, have you go in there and rock their food world.
3: I do um I do some meal preparation training locally. I also do some, you know, pantry rehab and try to get some <laughs> of that garbage stuff out of the pantry and you know individual consultation as well.
2: Pantry rehab, that sounds like a history channel reality television series. <laughs> <laughs> Have
1: you considered you'd be, doing that, Laura?
3: You would be surprised what I find, actually. <laughs> you would think I bet, that they yeah. like like cleaning up before the cleaning lady comes, you'd be surprised that people leave the stuff when before the dietitian comes.
1: <laughs> I think that'd be an awesome reality show. And so they would be like the super nanny, it'd be the super dietitian. You can come Whatever. in. Yeah, and I yeah think
2: the four hundred pound family that has the shelf of M and M's, you just come in and <laughs> right. point at
1: them, well,
3: and then. If sigh, you, Aaron, Aaron if you would like to write a pilot, maybe we could see how it goes. <laughs> that'd be awesome,
1: and they all you know the family whose only reward system is Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah. Right. <laughs> if you clean your room, you get two donuts. Take right. out the trash, four donuts. You know that right. kind of thing. Uh, I can see it.
2: If you do your homework, right. we'll drive by Dunkin'. D- uh, we'll drive by Krispy Kreme and see if the lights on. <laughs>
3: exactly.
1: mm-hmm. All right. Well, I, I I had a couple of questions drop in the track room, but they were wanting to know what was your website one more time. We threw that in there. And it'll be in the show notes. And what was the book that you referred to? And we threw that in there, and that'll also be in the show notes. And one of the great things I mentioned this last week about doing show notes and then sharing them with your guest and leaving the healthy recipe tip section suspiciously blank is sometimes your guest will put something in there for you. <laughs> and so, uh, you put Jessica Seinfeld's book, Deceptively Delicious. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it says a lot. It's, it uh, apparently has a lot of uh, great foods that you can get into kids diets, um, sneakily, which is always fun. And mm-hmm. then also you have a section on your blog. Uh, on your website that has some great recipes, right? Some healthy snacks and things like that? Yep, I
3: have uh, 25, about 25 suggestions for kind of healthy snacks, healthy recipes. Um, and one of them, um, you know, incorporating some of the things that I mentioned, like squash or cauliflower, or, you know, different things into recipes as well.
1: That's great. And we'll make sure we put that link in, under our healthy, uh, healthy recipe tip that we're doing each week. We're trying, we for the first 30 or 40 episodes, or 30 episodes, I guess we did uh, uh, an eat less tip and exercise more tip because that was kind of my two things that I would changed in my life to start getting healthy. After 30 mm-hmm. episodes, I was tipped out, <laughs> <Probably>. <laughs> <laughs> eat less and exercise more. So then we started trying to do a healthy recipe tip because mm-hmm. one of the common things that I hear people tell me all the time is I don't know what to cook. They eat healthy, I don't know how to cook healthy. So Don's been great uh, throwing in some Weight Watchers tips. I've thrown in some that I've uh, I've found myself and then like you, uh, having a guest on that has some information to share too is always great. So well, thanks. It, any Mark, Don, any last questions for Laura?
0: No, I'm sure she'll be on again in a few more weeks, right?
1: Yeah, <laughs> I hope <you> know. <laughs> um, we do We really do appreciate it, Laura. I mean, um, Thank you. I, I, I am extremely excited to have you on here. I feel like you, you bring the goods, you know, the info you're, you know, you're the real deal. You're not a, uh, you Know uh, what's the word? Mark probably tell me what uh, you know. You're not a paper uh, paper doctor. Or, you know what's the term <laughs> I'm looking for? An academic, not only an academian, You know you haven't just studied it. You you've got right. kids. You're living it yourself. You know you're working day in and day out with the with the celiac disease. And we actually had somebody throw a question about that in the show, no, in the chat room as well, and I directed them back to our previous episode where we covered celiac disease and gluten-free diet in depth. And then our other one was about childhood obesity. So there's two more podcasts back there. If you enjoyed hearing Laura today and learning all the great stuff that she has to share, you can go back and go to um, OneMealOneWorkout.com and, and just go up and put in the search, Laura Field, L-A-R-A-F-I-E-L-D, and search, and it'll bring in those three podcasts, and you can go back and listen to them. Or I know on one of her tabs on her blog website, mm-hmm. there's a one a workout. I do. And On my buttons. press page,
3: I have our our podcasts as well.
1: And that's fantastic. And uh, I actually can see in my referral links when people come to my website from your website, so I appreciate the good. Yeah, the, uh, the the reciprocal linking there. So sure. All right, my Laura, pleasure. we're gonna let you go. Let you go. I'm sure you probably need to go feed your kids. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Thank you so
3: much. I appreciate
1: it. All right, and uh, that was Laura Field back for the third time, and we're excited to have her. And um, Mark, Don, anything, any kind of follow-ups on that? We're uh, good? No, go right on. Don, you had a comment earlier. Did we already go past your comment?
2: We we passed it. We came back around to it, and we passed it again. <laughs> All
1: right. Great. Since
2: we've done two laps, I'm just going to throw it out there. Mark, I think you should just take your kid's chicken nuggets and um, just open them up and just shove some peas in there with your finger and then just feed them to her kind of like a la the, the giving the dog the the food the medicine in the hot dog you know right. what I'm talking like, about like wrapping yeah, peanut s-
0: butter or, yeah yeah
2: yes exactly you should just do that I think it'd work great
1: um mark just give a quick uh 30 second infomercial for
0: elementop.com. op.com is the production company behind the uh, One Meal One Workout podcast. We also do a few other podcasts uh, yes, you that do. you can find there at the website, elementop.com. We have the forums for this website, for uh, I mean, for this podcast, for One Meal One Workout. If you want to uh, uh, come and uh, ask questions, you can do do so there.
1: Yeah, and and all of our healthy recipes can be found in one place on the forums. There's a healthy recipe thread. You don't have to go back and look through each podcast to try to find the healthy recipe tip that we put on there each week. You can just jump in there. You can find all the healthy recipes. You can comment on them. You can say, this recipe really stunk, Aaron. Please remove it from the forums. It tastes nasty because it's tofu. Oh, sorry, Don. Um, <laughs> or you could say, this recipe was awesome, or I did it this way, or I made this change to it. But either way, right there on elementop.com. That's element like the table and Opie as in Taylor. But if you want to just find anything else about one meal, one workout in general, what one meal, one workout means, it doesn't mean you eat one meal a day and one workout a day. Um, it's a whole kind of philosophy that I developed over losing 150 pounds myself. Um, you can go to elementalphanopi.com again, one meal, one workout.com and, uh, or just Google all of these places. <laughs> number one. Or if you just want to shoot me an email directly, you can email me at Aaron, double A R O N, at one meal, one workout.com, and I will get right back with you. Remember, everybody out there, before starting any diet or exercise program, it's recommended to consult your health care
3: provider.